Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That is because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. So stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by their success because their stories can offer a direction to help you, help you reach your goals through your planning and committed effort. The Money-Making Conversation interviews provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds, and how to live a balanced life. This is very important as we put these. As I, these shows, as this program has grown, I've learned that... Um, a lot of people have been touched by the information we give them and consider it life-changing, and I feel uh, blessed to be able to have a presentation like that on a regular basis. My next guest is in studio. He's ready to go. He's an attorney, entrepreneur, philanthropist. He was on top of the world when he was falsely accused and convicted of being a drug kingpin. In 1991, he was sentenced to life in prison, plus 72 years on other drug convictions. He is now the executive producer of the new ABC fictional legal and family drama series for life. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Isaac Wright Jr. Glad to be here. How are you? Pretty good. How you feel, my man? I feel great. It's a good time. It's a good time in your life. Yes, indeed. Well, you know, I was, you know, I get up at four o'clock every day, and uh, well, we did that. That didn't freeze you, huh? You know, that froze me a little bit. <laughs> what time you get up, Isaac? Come on now. Well, well, sometimes. I'm I'm still up at four o'clock. Okay, okay. It just, okay, it just okay. depends on. <laughs> uh-huh. It just depends on. Um, you know what, what's on my plate. Right. Um, for mm-hmm. the for the following day or the following week. Uh-huh. Um, I I try to get up as early as I possibly can, but I I get to bed so late uh, right. trying to trying to catch up. I mean, I've been playing catch up lately, especially with the with the show and right. Uh, you know my my career and my obligations and responsibilities to the court, mm-hmm. and so um I've been juggling you know all these responsibilities, and so it's. It's been a little bit more hectic, but mm-hmm. I try to get up. I mean, I could never get up at four o'clock in the morning. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if I went to bed earlier than that, but I try to get up at least between seven thirty and, and eight o'clock every morning. Now I had a you know intro was pretty dramatic. You yeah. know, saying uh, you know in nineteen ninety one you were sentenced to life in prison plus seventy two years and and other seventy two years plus seventy two years. If life wasn't enough, we got seventy two years. We just going just for just good measure, just in case you're confused about the life. <laughs> yeah. I got 72 years waiting on you. Yeah. And now you're sitting here next to me, executive producing an ABC series with, with my man 50 Cents. Mm-hmm. How does that happen, brother? Come on now. Um, you know, 50 was a made man when I, when I, when I met him, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in addition to, to him being a made man in, in the rap world and in, in business, um, he'd already had uh, one of the number one TV shows, Power. Power. Mm-hmm. You know, on the air, stars, mm-hmm. stars, mm-hmm. and so um, I met him through uh, a mutual friend. This guy um, that I met him through, he owned a an illegal fight club. He ran an illegal fight club in the Bronx. And Ill- illegal. It was illegal. Yes. <laughs> they, um, you know, they they did the they did the fighting things in the in the in the warehouses and right. in the. You know the 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 junkyard sanctioned. Oh, that's what makes it illegal. Nothing was sanctioned. It was it, it was actually shut down a few times by by law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was it was top of the line illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was successful in getting two three hundred people to come out and watch these fights. 
And as a as a popularity and the and the fight grew, it became tougher to you know to keep it underground. Even had rappers to come out. Fat Joe, Remy Ma, they came out. They would perform during intermission. And he was trying uh, uh, to at, the, <laughs> at an illegal fight club. Yeah, <laughs> at intermission, they they out there rapping. Yeah, yeah, and on, on, on the ring, there was a big ring. They build a ring, you know. They listen. It was so sophisticated. They had drones that was up in the in the in the sky. Uh, beaming the camera down from the top angle right. and streaming that, you know, the <laughs> cell phones and everything. I mean, the, the guy, he really had it put together. The problem was it was illegal. illegal. <laughs> so, you know, what do you want the 50? He's like, you know, 50, man, you know, you take us really, really over the top if you come out and perform. And 50 mm-hmm. was like, listen, I, I got a promoter, promoter's license in Nevada, out of Nevada. Mm-hmm. If I come to your fight club, I'm going to lose that. I'm not, Absolutely. you know, I'm not going to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. He says, when you get legal, uh, you know, I'll come out and perform. And so, you know, they spent tens of thousands of dollars on attorneys trying to get legal. 50 even passed him a couple. Mm-hmm. And 50's attorneys basically told him up front, listen, you're out of your mind. Mm-hmm. It's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's impossible uh, to, to just move to, through the regulatory issues to get something like this legal. It, right. it just can't be done. Right. And so another individual uh, who's the owner of Rough Riders, uh, Darren Dean, who's Absolutely. a friend, friend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, he heard this guy, his name was Hove, he heard him complaining, you know, about not being able to get legal and all the money that he spent. So so Darren says, listen, where all these lawyers failed you, I think I got the guy that may be able to help you out. So he introduced me to Hove and, mm-hmm. and uh, Hove told me his, his issues. And I actually went to one of the legal flight clubs. What year was see, this? What year was this? This was in 2015. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So I went to, I went to uh, one of the, the fights just to, get a feel on what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, you know what? I'll help you. And I got them legal in two weeks and 50 went out and performed. And uh 50, when 50 went out and performed, he was like, he was blown away. Like, how, how, to, how in the world were you able to do this? Who did this? Because mm-hmm. when he got there, there was police on both sides of the street. There was hundreds of people outside. There was police on both sides of the street. So he thought 50 thought when he got there, that they were getting ready to shut it down. Right, right. He asked his driver to ask the police, you know, what was up, what's going on. Mm-hmm. So the police says, uh, crowd control. When when the driver actually <laughs> he said, we're out here doing crowd control. So <laughs> so so he was like, ask him, you know, every, can everybody go? He, cops said, oh, go have go have fun. Mm-hmm. We're gonna make we're just out here to make sure everybody's safe. Safe, right? For traffic flow, all traffic that flow. Stuff. So mm-hmm. he went in and performed, and you know, he was like. How the hell did this happen? The guy explained to 50, you know, about me, about my story. Right, right. And that I got them legal. And 50 was like, listen, have him in my office the next tomorrow, man. I, I want to talk to this guy. So I sat down with 50. We that talked. guy being you. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. that guy being me. Mm-hmm. So I sat down with him and we talked. And, you know, he was like, would you let me run with this as a TV show? Mm-hmm. You know, there was, a, there was the, some talk in the air about a movie, but 50 was like, nah. His vision was way out there. He, he was like, nah, people want to want to hear this. Let, let me back up a little bit, Isaac. When you said run with this, what was this you were talking about? What was the my, concept my originally story. pitched? Okay. The concept was 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 around a movie. Mm-hmm. And when he heard the story, he immediately, I mean, I can see his mind churning. You know, he immediately, he said to me, he says, he kind of stopped me and he said, listen, this is not, this is a, a movie. Can, it can be later on, but this is, a, this is a TV show. This is something that people want to be inspired over. 
every single mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I want to be able to be comfortable in telling this story in ways mm-hmm. where, where we can continue to enlighten and continue to inspire and continue mm-hmm. to provide hope mm-hmm. to people. And so mm-hmm. I said, you know, it's, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever you want to do. I, I said, okay. And he, and he made it happen. And, and one of the things that, that um, was very, very significant to me in, in dealing with that decision that he made is that the guy that brought me to him. Now, remember, this is just an idea. There's no contracts. There's no agreements. There's nothing. Right. He goes to the guy. He says, listen, I'm going to pay you for a year tomorrow. Come by my office tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I'll have the cashier waiting for you. That's how confident he was Mm -hmm. in what he had. Right. And what he knew what he could do with it. He started committing himself before there Mm-hmm. Financially, before there was any agreement, just locking you down. Okay. Well, no, he, he didn't do it to me. Okay. He did it to the guy mm-hmm. that that brought me there. He, okay. In other words, he said, "Listen, I'm not leaving you out. You're going to be a part of this okay, too. Cool. Mm-hmm. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pay you in advance for an entire year for every episode that I believe that's going that I'm, I'll be able to get out the first year. I'm going to pay you for that now." And he didn't even speak to. He, he had spoken to nobody. No writers. Sony was nowhere to be found at that time. ABC was nowhere to be found. He, but he knew. Mm-hmm. He saw the road. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he committed himself on that road that he saw. Mm-hmm. And it materialized. I mean, he's, he was a visionary. And, and when I saw that, because I see those things, you know, I, the experience that I have in trying to survive in prison, in a maximum security prison, mm-hmm. and it was the only one. For in seven the, years, right? For seven and a half years. Mm-hmm. It was the only one in the state. So that meant that, that, that every undesirable that was there was put in the same place with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And in order to survive in that environment, you have to learn how to size a person up. In 0.3 seconds, I can size you up, even if you don't open your mouth. Right. When he did that, I knew, because I was there, I was talking to him, I was studying him too. Right. Along with he was studying me, I was mm-hmm. studying him. Mm-hmm. I knew I could roll the dice and turn my back. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I rolled the dice, walked out of his office, and here I am. Are you happy? I'm elated. <laughs> <laughs> so seven and a half years in prison. Yes. That when I read your story, it was that you represented yourself. Yes. Why? Um, <clears throat> in trial, the first in trial, trial, the first time I represented myself from the outset. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no legal training. No legal training. All I had was a high school diploma. Most of most of the most of the grounds that I made and, and most of the law that I created, I created with a high school diploma mm-hmm. while I was in prison. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that I that I got out. I got out with a high school diploma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's one of the reasons why I can, I'm still saying that today is because I haven't been licensed that long because of, right. because of the challenges that they, right. that they characterized. 2017, right. When it was 2017 a- is when I actually got licensed. They investigated me. I passed the bar actually in, in 2008. If, if I had been licensed after I passed the bar, I would have probably quadrupled what I had accomplished when I was in prison by now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but what they did was they investigated me for another nine years, something that should have taken a couple of weeks. Uh, they investigated me for nine years before giving me my license. Mm. And, and what I literally had to do um, after nine years had passed, there was a, a Supreme Court justice. Her name was Virginia Long out of New Jersey. She was one of the justices that, did, that uh, made a, a, a landmark ruling in my civil case. Um, that for the first time in the history of that state, it made the state liable for conduct of prosecutors. And before, it was counties. 
mm-hmm. as counties that would have been liable. Right, right, and there right. was there mm-hmm. was all these immunities that went with it. Mm-hmm. But my case changed that, and she was one of the judges. She retired um, around 2015, 16, she retired. And when I found she retired, I went looking for her. Right. And I located her in a law firm, very a, a huge law firm, international law firm called Fox Rothschild. Mm-hmm. I called her up, and she remembered who I was. And mm-hmm. she offered me to come in for a consultation. Mm-hmm. I sat down with her. And when she found out what was going on, she was really appalled about it. She was, it, was, it was just incredible to her as a, Supreme Court, a retired Supreme Court justice. Because, you know, the Supreme Court controls all of that. Right, right. They're the top dogs when it comes down to not only the judicial system in the state, but also who practices and who doesn't. If there's disciplinary actions, they're the ones who suspends you or disciplinary, disciplines you or, or revokes your license. They, they control all of that. So she basically let me know in no, no, no small terms that, uh, she felt for my situation, she uh, was going to, she couldn't actually represent me because it was a conflict of interest and in it being that she was on the bench mm-hmm. during my civil case. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, her husband was also a partner at the firm. Okay, right. And so she says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let my husband represent you. That's awesome. That's me. My husband represents me and I represent him. Um, and being that I was on the bench, they understand what that means. Right. So he came in, and within six months, I had a license. Within, after nine years, when he came in, within six months, I had a license. And there's a picture of me. You can see it on the Internet. It's all over the Internet, and it's on my Instagram of me being sworn in. There's a lady with, uh, with blonde hair, light, light whitish blonde hair, mm-hmm. an older lady, swearing me in. Mm-hmm. That's her. That's a retired uh, chief, ju- uh, not chief justice, but justice of the Supreme Court of New Congratulations. Jersey. Congratulations. This problem is nationwide. Right. And and people are and, and it affects predominantly people of color. Yes. And so when you hear me say something like that, does it get you mad or motivate you for change? Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't get me mad at all. Uh, it, it, it motivates. It motivates me for change. And mm-hmm. and and to be honest with you, um, and uh, this is a controversial statement that I'm going to make, but I really believe in it. <clears throat> I think as as minorities as as blacks. Um, uh, we've been we've been mad for a long time. Yes, sir. And uh, I, I think I think we should because being mad takes a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if we refocused uh, as a people, refocus that energy uh, on making changes because we're a powerful people. We're, we really, we really, really are. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and a lot of times, uh, anger has a has a way of distorting the way you think mm-hmm. and the decisions that you make. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if we can, if we can, uh, uh, refocus, uh, a lot of the anger into action, uh, you know, I, I think we can move mountains as a people. Uh, and, and, you know, even for me being in the situation that I was in, uh, there was room for, for a lot of anger for, for, for being enraged. Right. Um, and, and just to, just to give you an example of what I'm saying, there was a, there was a time early on when I had uh, decided that I was going to represent myself. And, you know, that was a... You're talking about when you represent yourself in court? In court, yes. Okay. In, in my, during my, my, my trials, um, you know, I had made a decision early on that I was going to represent myself. And I remember I was in my cell uh, working on a, on, a, on a motion. And um, I, was, uh, I was working almost all night, and I fell asleep in the middle of writing the motion. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe an hour or two, I woke back up, 
I decided that I was going to pick up where I left off. Mm -hmm. And I began to read uh, what I had written just to kind of get myself acquainted with it again and start mm -hmm. where I left off. And, and when I started reading, I began to look around because it seemed to me that there was something wrong. There was, I was beginning to look around to see where those papers were that I was working on, where that motion was that I was working on because I didn't even recognize what I was reading. It was, it was so, it was so overwhelmed with emotion and with right. anger right. that I didn't recognize myself. Right. I didn't recognize the person that had written it. Right. And that was, uh, that was a divine moment for me because it, it took me somewhere mentally and emotionally that I needed to go in the sense that, that I was never going to have the kind of focus that I needed to have in order to get myself out of the situation, uh, being burdened down with negative emotions. Um, and anger is a very negative emotion. Sometimes it's well-placed, but most of the time, uh, anger is a very, very misplaced emotion. <clears throat> the moment I decided that I was going to manage and control that, uh, I had to learn to separate myself from my, that emotional state. And the moment I did that, uh, I, I moved into a moment of such clarity mm -hmm. uh, that it was a snowball. Right. My, 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 the gift right. that God had given me for right. the law. Right. Now, the first time I picked up the law book, it was like I had done it all my life. And that, which is amazing because that wasn't the direction you was pursuing your life until this happened. Had absolutely no interest in the law <laughs> at all. Um, and, and, and never picked up a law book before in my life. And the first time I did it was like I was doing it all my life. Mm -hmm. and, and that moment of clarity uh, took a gift and turned it into a snowball rolling down a hill. Mm -hmm. So that seven and a half years later, by the time I got back in court, I was so good that I got a veteran police officer to confess on the stand. And that, that's how I, actually how I, how I ultimately got out. A veteran cop, uh, seven and a half years before that, he was a detective in the prosecutor's office. Seven and a half years later, when I got him back on that stand, he was the chief of the police academy. That's how much he had risen. And, and obviously, he's a more sophisticated individual. And I was able to get him to literally not only confess, but to put himself in jail. I mean, he, you know, when you confess to misconduct like that, perjured testimony, falsifying police reports, you know, you're, you're going to jail. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was just that good seven and a half years later, no law degree, high school diploma, and I did something that lawyers practiced their entire life to do. Wow. I did that as a person, as a young man with a, with a high school diploma. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, and you, when I look at this, the television series, the lead, lead actor has that anger in him. Yes. Anger, of course, it, it should be there. Yes. Because he's not, he's not, he's in a place yes. he's not supposed to be. Yes. Uh, the, your wife played by Joy Bryant. Mm -hmm. um, also, she's living in it with your best friend. Mm -hmm. And then your daughter. Mm -hmm. They're now living with your best friend. Yes. In a romantic relationship. Yes. And now you're in jail. Mm -hmm. What made that character development like that? What was the whole rationale with setting it up like that? Um, well, you know the 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 colloquy I just gave you about what I had to go through to actually get a license. Yes, sir. It's a very long time. That's a couple of decades. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, creatively, what was the decision was made to condense that, mm -hmm. um, so that we can carry the public through some of the 
the triumphs and 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 some of the agonies of defeat that you go through in that process. Right. Uh, and so and and what the family is going through with you. Mm-hmm. And so Aaron Wallace is a representation of you know all those things wrapped up into one. Even the emotions that I was telling you about. One of the things about me having to hide that emotion and having to control it is that it does not give the public what was really going on inside me. Mm-hmm. And, and so what we decided to do is we decided to allow the public to reflect on not only this anger and this agony that Aaron was going through as a character, but also how he has to manage to control it in order to move ahead. That's key. That, that's, that's key. That's key. And, uh, you know, you have the, the, the destruction of family that occurs when you're in, when you're in prison. Absolutely. Um, and when you're in relationships, the destruction of the relationship, the, the total annihilation of the family nucleus. Mm-hmm. And so this, this, this conflict, um, between this three way conflict between Aaron, mm-hmm. his best friend mm-hmm. and his wife, yes, you know, is a reality. Mm-hmm. You know, these things mm-hmm. happen, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, in the world. I went in uh, in prison. I went into prison with a family, with right. a wife and a daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I came out of prison, I didn't have my family anymore. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. so and so those are the realities of prison for many men mm-hmm. uh, in America. I mean, it's it's very very difficult to have a life sentence with seven years on top of it, and people waiting for you to come home. You know, uh, the the the. General consensus is that the power of the government is 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 too, too large powerful. for you, it, and, and it's time to move on emotionally, physically, and then you trap with that idea that I'm innocent. Yes, wait for me, wait for me, wait yeah. for me. So you call. Yeah. Did you ever give up with that with that emotional damage that you know is being done to your family, and the fact that you don't know if you can actually get yourself out of jail? Um, no, I, I didn't ever give up. You know, you know, one of the things about about dealing with these kind of challenges is that is that it starts with your mind. Right. My reality mm-hmm. was that I was going to die in prison, and so that's right. But 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 the reason why that was my reality is because someone gave me that reality. Right. That reality was given to me. Right. And so that wasn't the reality that I created. Okay. That was a reality that was given to me, and so what I did was I lived. In my reality, the one I created. Right, right, right. That's why I didn't, I, I wasn't going to be a slave to the reality that they created for me. Which is important. You know, which is very, very important. But you important. can control your reality. I can control my reality. The reality that got you living in is an uncontrolled environment. You that, don't know what the fool next to you going to do right. or the fool that's around right. the corner is going to do. You don't know if your cell door is going to open three o'clock in the morning and someone comes in there with a shank and takes your life. You have no idea what's going to happen to you from one day or the other. And so, one of the things that I did was I created my own reality and that reality was based on, on my own intellect, the, the gifts that I had and the, and the tenacity uh, that I engaged in order to protect myself and my family, mostly my family, because right. this was not just an attack on me. It was an attack on my family. Absolutely. Uh, and, and when you look at the destruction going on around you that you are inside watching, you can't do anything about you, you realize that this was more than just about you. Mm-hmm. This is this is about how it decimates families and communities. Absolutely, and you were right in the middle of that. Now, mm-hmm. now you're an executive producer. You're given that title for this ABC series. Yes. We're talking about uh, Isaac Wright Jr. Your story inspired this series. Yes. It's a fictional series mm-hmm. about a. 
by a legal series and a family dynamics. Mm-hmm. It's on ABC, mm-hmm. uh, airs on Tuesday nights. Uh, 50 Cents will make a guest appearance on March 24th. Yes. Uh, what is your role as the executive producer of the series? Um, well, executive producers, uh, they're the boss. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that's it. Oh, 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 okay, you wanted the that's boss. General, <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why I said there. Um, I, uh, there's, a, there's a number of us. I mean, there's, there's uh-huh. Allison Greenspan, yes, uh, Doug Robinson. He's an executive producer. 50 Absolutely. is an executive producer. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the big bosses is Sony and, and ABC. Right. Uh, and I, I have uh, ABC with me right now. They, they're, they're not only my boss, but, but they're also my partner. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, but that's where it should be. That's what. That's what you, you want. People, I would tell people, you, if you if you promoting, you traveling alone, that's not good. That's, you know that's, right, you, that's right. You got people traveling right. with you. That's yeah, a sign that's that they a, care. Indeed, and they want to make it indeed. happen. Indeed, and this is a this is a great series. Yeah, first of all, because I was emotionally charged by the whole breakdown of of that person who. See, here's an interesting thing about the series for life that we're talking about. That's inspired by your incarceration and your triumph as a as a as an attorney now and a philanthropist and an entrepreneur, is that. As, as, as he's in prison, and mm-hmm. then he gets to go out of prison. Mm-hmm. He gets to put on a suit, mm-hmm. but then he's dictated. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, hey, hey. That's right. It's time to undress. Right. Time to go back to what you right. really are supposed to be. Right. And so that really is a mental tug. Indeed. And so that really is, is what inspires me to say, wow, he's dealing. I, I root for him. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you, this plays out. This is the opening, uh, I guess, credits talk about, I used to be one of you guys. Yeah. I was free. I used to be just like you. I, I was free. And then all of a sudden, I got uh, 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 the police busted into my nightclub mm-hmm. and found mm-hmm. drugs, and then they announced me to be a kingpin, announcer in life in prison. Mm-hmm. My family has been yanked away from me. My wife, she now is living in a relationship with my best friend, my daughter. I don't know what she's doing in her life, but guess what? I want to reconnect with her, and that is the series. So right there, it sets up a lane of frustration mm-hmm. and passion for the character. Right. And so the series is tied to the fact that Every episode is this. He's developing as a man because right. he has to redevelop as a man in mm-hmm. prison. Mm-hmm. He's a man outside of mm-hmm. prison, but a man in prison mm-hmm. is a different person because mm-hmm. you're dealing with different dynamics. Mm-hmm. And so each episode is his journey for not only trying to seek his freedom, right. but the freedom of other people. Because every time he receives success right. as a lawyer, then more people are inspired right. by his efforts. Right. And right. that's what. Right. Push me to say right. I want to see this show, and push me to say I want to see you. Yeah, yeah. That, and and <laughs> you, you brought up a you brought up an incredible point because it's the easiest thing in the world for a judge not to even look at your papers when you put it in. Mm-hmm. You don't know; right. they just rubber stamp it. Oh, that's right. that's that nonsense. Stamp denied right. mm-hmm. and move on. Right. It it takes a certain amount of respect. Right. To allow them to force them to do a double take and say, you know what. I better read this. Yes. <laughs> it takes a certain level of respect. And so, and so what this journey does with for life, it takes Aaron through that growth. Aaron Wallace is the name. Yes, Aaron okay. Wallace. Mm-hmm. You see him moving through that growth where, you know, in that first episode, you saw him win this, win this case that right. gave you a glimpse of a, a case with some uh, complicated Techniques, complicated techniques, <laughs> and, and you know, and the thing about that, the thing you could, because because all these things, you know, we talk about, and they ask me about it, uh-huh. and there was a question uh, to me about, you know, you know, should we should we do this, and you know, I, I was like, because I'm I'm so, my understanding about the system is is so intimate, mm-hmm. I was like, of course, should you? That shouldn't be a question. Yes, mm-hmm. forge that paper, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because here's here's the thing about this country. Mm-hmm. 
in this country, the way the system is supposed to be shut up, set up is that it is better for a guilty man to go free than an innocent person to spend a day in prison for something he didn't do. Mm-hmm. We would rather the guilty to go free than to send the innocent person in prison. That is the way our system of justice is supposed mm-hmm. to be set up. Mm-hmm. That, is our, that is one of the, the guiding principles of our system of justice so that we can ensure that we will do whatever it takes to prevent a person that's innocent from going to prison. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it's working. Mm-hmm. It's working differently. And so when you see Aaron making that desperate move, mm-hmm. forging this document, mm-hmm. He is forging this document. He is doing the wrong thing for the right reasons. Right. And the risk that he's taken, you'll see down the line. There you go. Is, it's going to come back. <laughs> that risk is going to come back at him. Right. Right. And his family. Right. Because he has a, because basically a little other side note is that a lot of people are not happy that he has a law degree in right. prison. Right. He saw a little cool leap, loop, loophole right. that allowed him to get it. And so every time right. he goes in front of a judge, you know, they question his technique. Right. They call him a novice. Right. They tell him to do more homework. Right. So he's constantly disrespected. Right. But because he is, as the, as the and, and, and the way he got the law degree, somebody vouched for him mm-hmm. at a higher position. Mm-hmm. And that uh, now what's happening on the DA side, they hate this. Yeah. So their goal is to be able to see, stop him from winning. Mm-hmm. And to crush him. Mm-hmm. And so that carries. So you, now you got your enemies. Mm-hmm. You got your, your people you root for. You got the fi- family. Mm-hmm. And you got the prison. So right. it turns into prison into like a good guys. Right. The angry guys are the DA and this guy named Mas- Maskins. Ma- Maskins. Yeah. They, they, bad people. Bad people. Bad people. Yeah. And so so when you when you see that and just letting people, why would I watch this series? How would I relate to this series? You're going to relate because it has a family dynamic right. in it. You can relate because you you feel some type of, of, of pain, right? But because somebody is innocently incarcerated, right? And then you realize also these are just regular people. Mm-hmm. These are just regular people. It's regular people. And uh, even even when he's uh, even when he's um, found out, mm-hmm. one of the guards provides him with the information, mm-hmm. so they know he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. And so that is when I, I'm, I love good storytelling. And yes. so good storytelling helps me out when they. Plug in the, yes. the the reason this action is happening. Yes. Why is it happening? Yes. Why is why is why are we doing this? Because yes. I hate it when you just jump over the jump over three to get to five. Yeah, you, you know, <laughs> you create these these dark tunnels where there's the information is the important information to give continuity is missing. But this this story is this is continuity there, and you can follow it, uh, and you can understand you know why these things are happening, and and the things that you don't really understand that's hidden from you in the beginning. It's revealed to you, yes. you know, re- yes. revealed to you later on. Yeah. But but I, I think they did an incredible job. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, uh, Nicholas Pinnock uh, is the, am I pronouncing that right? Pinnock. I'm sorry. I, I, I hope he's not listening right now. But uh, Nicholas Pinnock. We edited that part. <laughs> you know, he's an incredible actor. Um, he, he just... He is so profound in his acting, and you've seen the episode. So I'm speaking to the choir right now. Mm-hmm. That it has a, it has affected me. It has it has been therapeutic for me watching him mm-hmm. because it's like it's like watching myself and and the the things that he shows outwardly uh, are the things that I know mm-hmm. I was feeling inside. Right, right. You know, you know the interesting thing about it. Nicholas plays the character Aaron Wallace, yes, uh, which is the lead character in the series for Life, which is on ABC airs on Tuesday night. The thing about it is that. 
you know, he takes that character with anger so close to the edge, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. I feel nervous when he's with mm-hmm. the warden. Mm-hmm. I feel nervous for mm-hmm. him. Don't mm-hmm. shut up. Shut, mm-hmm. Dude, would you just be quiet? Mm-hmm. Because he's always internally mad. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I love about the character, yeah. and it makes me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me nervous in a good way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, from yeah. from a from a, a viewer standpoint, yeah. I'm going, hey dude, shut up. Yeah. You about yeah. to blow it. Yeah. <laughs> Would you just calm down? Because his character just goes so close to the yeah. edge all the time. Yes. And that's a that's beautiful, man. It, it is. And and I had nobody to tell me that. Right. I had I had to learn that mm-hmm. uh, um, um from from trial and error. Uh-huh. And so and so what's beautiful about it is because that reality not only taps into his humanity, but but it also, just like where you were doing, you were trying to guide him from the TV set. Yes, you know? yes. Shut up, fool. Shut up. You're pushing too far. You know, when they let him in the... Because I've seen his anger. Right. So when they let him in the room with the warden by, her, by, by herself, herself, I'm yeah, going, yeah, yeah. okay, please, please don't grab this woman. Start strangling him. Okay, cool. Well, guess what? They gave me the signal. I, I hope they, uh, you enjoyed this interview. I've been enjoying it. Oh, indeed, it, it was enjoyable. We went kind of long, but I'm going to keep... They didn't shut me down. I'm going to keep talking to you. I appreciate but, uh, it. The beautiful thing about this show is that it's a Tuesday night. Uh, my man, 50 Cent, will be making a guest appearance. Cassius is his character, Cassius. Uh, 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 on the show, because, you know, 50, he does it both ways, yeah, you know. Did. You know, 50, you know, 50 uh, created the Power Series and got about 15 more shows about to bounce out. Uh, and Havoc, Havoc is coming with 50. Oh, I know character, I Havoc know. is getting ready to come. I know it's going to be like that. Yeah. I think 50 comes no other way. No other way. So it's a must-see series. It's every time the show airs, it's a must-see series on Tuesday night on ABC for life. I'm here with one of the executive producers. The series is inspired by his life story, Isaac Wright Jr. Thank you. Glad you listen to, to Money Making Conversation. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversation episodes, go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. 